Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. You're standing today. Mark 16 is where I want to take a look. On this Easter, I want to remind you that he pulled out the red carpet. He shed his blood and he made a way that you and I might come before the throne of grace. That on the night that he was, or on the day that he died, that afternoon when he breathed his last breath, just before he breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. And the veil was torn from top to bottom. Where I could not be, Jesus made a way that I could now come boldly with confidence into the throne of grace. He made a way where there was no way. He made possible what was impossible. He rolled out the carpet. The blood of Jesus has made it possible today. Whatever your need is, he died for it. Whatever it is you need of him today, he died for it. But not only did he die, but he showed his victory in that he rose again. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath had ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on that Sunday morning, just as the sun began to rise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up And they saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked to find him there. But the angel of the Lord said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Look. This is where his body used to be. Now go and tell his disciples and Peter. The angel said to him, now go and tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee, you will see him there just as he told you before he died. Father, I thank you for the hope that we celebrate today. Lord, we celebrate not just because it's marked on a calendar that tells us this is Easter. We celebrate not because it's just a season and a moment in time but God we celebrate because you've marked more than a calendar you have marked the souls of many people we thank you that God there are those who have gone before us there are some whose body lie in the ground Father we thank you that because of Jesus who rose from the dead they too along with us will be resurrected at the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Because you died and rose again, we too have life in Jesus Christ. I pray the significance of this life would would come alive in our hearts today. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're thankful that Jesus rose from the dead, would you just shout amen and amen, amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. So glad you joined us on Easter Sunday. Man, so good to see you. Look at your neighbor today and tell them they do this every Sunday. You ought to come on back. Man, so good to see you. So good to see you. I want to share today just from uh, this title, He Crossed the Line. He Crossed the Line. I don't know if you recognize that we often, much of our lives dictated by certain lines in our lives. Lines are put in place to help us to be guided and directed. They show us where to go. The lines tell us where to color. That we keep it between the lines. The lines tell us which side of the road to drive on. The lines will even tell us whether or not a ball that was hit is foul or fair. All because of how it falls along with the lines. The lines are put in place to give us direction. The lines tell us where to color, where to drive, where the ball needs to hit. And if we make it a practice of going outside of the lines or crossing the lines, it it becomes something that's not in our best favor. In fact, if we color outside the lines for too long, it would cause us to only remain amateurs at our coloring book skills and artistry. If we drive outside of the lines, it would call us to, cause us to reach a point that we become accident prone because we don't know how to keep it between the lines. If we don't hit the ball on the right side of the line, it will cause us to end up with a strike at the plate that all of the things that would come forth, that lines become a dictating factor that they help us to know where we ought to be and what ought to be taking place to keep it between the lines. How many know that we're still learning to keep it between the lines? you know anybody that needs to learn how to keep it between the lines because we oftentimes cross the line? Have you ever crossed the line? Have you ever colored outside the lines? Have you ever crossed the double lines on driving? Have you ever been to a place that you've hit the ball and it's gone foul? I'm not talking about the coloring book or the driving wheel or the baseball field. I'm talking about our lives. How many know that we have a habit of sometimes crossing the lines? The Bible tells us this way, that in the Old Testament, the Old Testament says this, that every one of us are like sheep that we've gone astray. The New Testament says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us who are perfect, not one of us who has it together. We've all crossed the line. We've got to learn how to keep it between the lines. But more than that, we've got to learn that that living among the lines is a place that that we've got to be. But each of us have crossed the line. Look at your neighbor today and tell him I've crossed the line. Each and every one of us have been in a place of crossing the line. Some of you are like, I'm not admitting that. Every one of us. I don't know what lines you've crossed. I don't know what place you've gone too far. I don't know what area that you've gone too far in. But every one of us have crossed the line. I've got a friend who I have have, uh, just affectionately nicknamed my too far friend. He's my too far friend because I love being around him. He's great fun. But man, he can just make things awkward at sometimes in public places. He's a friend that... One time as we went out to lunch and we went to McDonald's, I made the order. I'm standing in the line. It's my turn. I made the order. And then after I made the order, I turned around and I said to him, what would you like to have? I bought his lunch. Being a kind friend, it was, it was something I don't mind doing. Now, if we were going somewhere else more expensive other than McDonald's, I'd make him duck, Dutch treat. But I was being friendly. I, I bought his lunch that day. And, and as I bought his lunch, people standing behind us and beside us, he's my too far friend. He leans in, he lays his head on my chest, he puts his arm around me, pats my bald spot and says, Ah, oh, thank you, Poppy, thank you, Poppy. 
stop it. He's a guy that I love being around, but he's just awkward sometimes. He makes things uncomfortable. It's, it's too far sometimes at the moment. You've just gone too far. Do you have a friend? Sometimes they just cross the line. You know what it's like sometimes? It's just too far. You've gone to places that are just too far. You've crossed the line. Jesus had a friend who crossed the line. His name was Too Far Pete. Peter. Peter was this gentleman that would cross the line. He just had a habit of putting himself at places. Do you, you know the person, you've heard it said before, if you've ever heard somebody talk about Peter, they probably have said this about Peter. He opens his mouth, inserts foot. He just speaks before he thinks. You know anybody like that? You know anybody just crosses the line. They, just, they, they go to places and points they shouldn't go. Peter was a man who crossed the line. This was some of Peter's line-crossing moments in his life. Some of the things that Peter would do and, and some of them that we hear about. At one time, Peter, of course, was with the disciples, with all the other disciples as Jesus was walking along. And Peter is among the crowd that starts having an argument with the other disciples over who's the greatest. No, I'm better than you. No, he loves me more than he loves you. No, I'm better than he is. Wait a minute. Jesus, of course, calls him aside and says, what are you talking about? There was another moment where, where Peter is on a mountain with Jesus. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. They have a mountaintop experience. And it's a moment for them to see who Jesus is. The Bible says that Jesus is, is transformed or transfigured in front of them. That he is there and there is Moses who appears. And it's this moment that life changed that they get to see and recognize who Jesus is. Peter, I love the Bible says, Peter blurted out. How many know the person who blurts something out is usually the person that's quick to just cross the line? You've gone to far. Peter says this, Lord, this is great. How about I build a shelter and we just live here? Let's just stay right here. Let's just leave it in this place. Jesus, of course, said that's not what we've come for. Jesus uh, told him this experience and Peter wanted to build a place. Peter had a point one day as Jesus was preaching to over 5,000 people. Peter walks up to Jesus. He's the one. All the other disciples are thinking it. But how many know there are many people who think it, but the one who goes too far says what they think? How many know what I'm talking about? He's the person brave enough to say what everybody else is thinking. This is Peter. Peter walks up to Jesus while Jesus is preaching. Peter says, hey, Jesus, time out. You're preaching way too long. This is way too long. These people are hungry. How about you stop right now? Just take a breath. Take a breather. We're done. Let these people go home. Let them get something to eat. Jesus says, no, you feed them. And we know the story. If you know the story, Jesus ends up feeding 5,000. It was Peter who said, hey, we ought to just send them home and let them go get something to eat. Peter had another moment that when Jesus was being arrested on the night he was betrayed, when Jesus was being arrested, Peter says, not on my watch. Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off the soldier's ear. Peter, as if he's going to stop the prophecy of Jesus, Peter says, I've got a sword. I'll take care of this. Wait a minute, Peter, way too far. You think you can stop what Jesus said is going to happen all because you have a sword. How about the moment? That Peter gets out of the boat and he begins walking. Now, I can't fault him on this one, but he takes a couple steps and begins to sink. He's the guy that there were no lines that he wasn't willing to cross. There wasn't a place he wouldn't go. He was willing to do it. But how about the moment that Peter is with Jesus? Jesus begins to tell his disciples, hey, guys, I want you to know. He says to them, I'm going to bring you on the inside track. I want you to know what's going to happen. I'm going to die this is the plan. I'm going to die. The Son of Man is going to die. He'll resurrect. I'll resurrect again, but I, just, I want you to know what's going on. At the end of Jesus' talk to the disciples, Peter's standing at the door. <clears throat> hey, Jesus, you got a moment? 
don't you love the people who have to educate the teacher? <laughs> this is, you know, the Peter, Peter too far. Peter's like, hey, Jesus, good talk, good speech. I mean, you did really good, really good. But let me just tell you something, Jesus. You know, that whole dying thing, you got to stop that. Quit it, Jesus. You know, that's not what you're supposed, that's not what you should say right now. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Now, when you've been called Satan by the Son of God, I think you've gone too far. When the Son of God calls you Satan, you probably have crossed a line somewhere. If you get called Satan, of course, Jesus says, you speak only what, the, what man wants, what the flesh wants. But I've got to do what the will of God is. Peter, you've got to be careful. You're going too far. You're missing it. You've crossed the line. But then there was the moment. The night Jesus was taken, or before he was taken, they have their dinner together. Everyone's gathered around. They had prepared the Passover meal in an upper room, and all the disciples have gathered around. Jesus washes all of their feet. Of course, Peter speaks up again. He says, Lord, no, you're not washing my feet. And Lord, Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, then you're not fit. If I don't wash you, you're not fit to be in my kingdom. And then Peter says, well, then all my body, Lord, just wash me all over. Jesus says, Peter, that's not what I'm talking about. P you know, Peter, Peter, you're just, come on down, Peter. Jesus says, no, if you, it's just your feet. I need to wash. I want to show you how to serve. And Peter was always thinking he was ahead of the game. Peter was always, always having this figured out. And here's the problem. There are times he tried to get ahead of the game, but getting ahead of the game caused him to cross some lines. He will go too far. After Jesus washes their feet and then he has a dinner with them, they share in the dinner together. It's also the moment. The Bible says Satan entered Judas's heart. He left the table quickly. The other disciples thought, well, he's the man with the money. Maybe he's going to pay somebody for the lamb and pay for the space. He's taking care of it. But only he and Jesus knew that, no, Judas was going to betray him. And as they began to leave, Judas had already gone. Jesus and his disciples start making their way to the olive grove, to the place of prayer. It's a common place for them to go. And the Bible tells us that along the way, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, listen, guys, I want you to understand. The shepherd, just like the Bible, just like Scripture says, the shepherd is going to be slaughtered. The shepherd is going to be taken. The shepherd is going to be killed. And the sheep are going to scatter. All of you are going to leave me tonight. But after I rise again, I'll go ahead of you into Galilee, and I'll gather you back together. Peter, once again. No way, Jesus. I just want you to know that if you die, I'm going to die with you. There's no way you're going to die alone. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to run away from you. I'm with you, Jesus, to the end. I've got this. I'm never going to leave you. Jesus, on his way to the garden to pray where his sweat turns to blood, says to Peter, Peter, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Peter, you would think at some point, Peter might have heard, you know, okay, he called me Satan. There was another time he said, I don't know his will. There's another time. You might think somewhere along the line, Peter's like, okay, you know what? Maybe I don't know what all's going on. I'm just going to have to trust him. But no, Peter says, emphatically, the Bible says, he emphatically said, no, you won't. He didn't quite say over my dead body, but something to the fact. Peter says, you're not going to die alone. I'm dying with you. It would never happen on my watch. He says, if you're going to die, I'm going to die. I'm never leaving you. Jesus says, Peter, I told you what's going to happen. Sure enough, because Jesus knows everything, it was just hours. 
as Jesus is now arrested and he's taken to the house of one of the high priests, Jesus isn't even properly tried. He's taken in the dark to back places for deals being brokered and things being done, trying to find the right people who would tell the right lie. Do you know all the dirt that went down for Jesus to die? Everything that happened behind closed doors, nothing was in the up and up. They went in the dark. They didn't even go to the proper court system. They didn't even go to the proper places. They waited to find the right people who could tell the lies. And even the people who told the lies, they didn't get their story straight until finally they said, that's it. He claims to be the son of God. That's blasphemy. That's the ground that we're going to send him on. Let's kill him on that ground. Jesus, of course, is arrested. After he's arrested and taken before the, the high priest, then he is then taken in that place of being tried, Peter follows close behind. you got to give Peter this. When everybody else scattered, here's Peter. And it also says that John is nearby. But Peter gets to the place and is able to get in to the court area, or into the, the, the outer court space where there's a fire and, and there are people waiting outside. Peter gets in and he comes up around the fire to keep warm. And while Peter is there waiting to see what's about to happen on the inside, waiting to find out what will happen with Jesus. Peter is sitting out there, and a servant girl comes up to him and says, hey, aren't you one of his followers? The servant girl says to him, you're, you're one of his followers, aren't you? And Peter says, you have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. No way. I don't know him. First time he denies Jesus. I don't even know if he realized at that moment that he actually denied Jesus. I don't even know that he realizes what he did. Because you know, there are moments and things and decisions that we make in life. And we sometimes don't even consider the ramifications of the decisions we make. Because we carelessly just do in the moment to save our own rear end. I said rear end in church on Easter Sunday. You know what it's like? You become defensive. To save your own stuff. Keep your own defense. Peter in the moment didn't even realize you're doing what Jesus said you would do when you said I would never do. And you just crossed the line you said you never would. You said you'd never put yourself in that situation, but you crossed the line. You said I'd never let myself go that far with the drink, but you crossed the line. You said I'd never get caught up in that addiction, but you crossed the line. You said I'd never get caught up in my, in my habit or in a relationship that would go, but you crossed the line. You said you never would, but you crossed the line. You said, I'd never let myself drift in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd never become complacent. I'd never lose my fervor and my passion. I'd never do that. But you crossed the own line that you set. It's not even the line that he set for you. You crossed your own line. It's not even the one that he said you'll never do. It's the one that you said, Lord, I'll never do that. I'll never betray. I'll never do this. This will never happen. We cross our own lines and we don't even realize it sometimes. Because I think on the first one, Peter crossed the line and he didn't even realize it because he was just trying to save himself. Just trying to stay alive. Just trying to make it. I know Jesus needs to be first in my life, but I've got stuff to do. I've got things to do. I've got to keep my career. I've got to keep my image. I've got to keep my stuff. I've got to do what I want to do, and I'm right for doing what I want to do. Do you realize that Peter would have argued his right at that, at that fire of why he said what he did? Because he said, this is my right. I've got to save myself. This is what I have to do in the moment. It's not who I am. It's just what I'm doing in the moment. How many know that you let the line go too far? Who you don't think you are soon becomes the person you never meant to be. Soon becomes what you never meant to be soon. You drift yourself all the way to the back because you didn't even realize. You missed because you've crossed the line that you said you never would. And you know what you do when you cross the line? You justify it. 
I've got a good reason. They're going to kill me if I, if, I, if I don't cross this line. If, if, if I go to this place, they're going to kill me. Somebody's going to find out. Second time, the servant girl comes along and says, hey, come on now. I know. I've seen you with him. You've been with him. And he says, she says, I know you've been with him. And Peter says, you're out of your mind. You don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I find interesting? This is Peter who says, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll die with you. I'll go to the grave with you. Oh, it's a female servant girl. I better hide. You know the same guy who said I'd go and die with you is now the guy who can't stand up to a servant girl? You know, servants don't have any position in power, let alone servant girls. Females in that culture. Peter didn't, Peter said, I would never do that. But now in the moment, can't even stand up in this time. He says, I never knew the man. Finally, strike two. And then someone else speaks up around the fire and says, man, you're full of it because I've seen you with him and you talk like him. You're from Galilee. You belong to him. You're part of his crowd. This time Peter says, I don't know what you're flipping thinking, what's in your flipping mind. I, you guys are, the Bible says Peter began to curse them and said, I've never met the guy. <laughs> I never met the guy. The Bible says as soon as Peter denied Jesus the third time, it says that the rooster crowed twice and Peter knew. You ever been confronted with the line you thought you'd never cross and now you find yourself, here I am. I never thought I'd let myself go to this point, but now I am. I never thought I'd let my mind go this direction, but here I am. I never thought I'd let myself go to this place, but here I am. I never thought I'd let my anger take control of me, but here I am. All the lines that you thought you'd never cross, now you've crossed it. You've blurred the lines. You've you, you colored outside the lines. You're driving on the wrong side of the street. You've hit the ball foul so many times. You're outside of the lines. Here's Peter. At his lowest point. Peter, the Bible says that when he denied Jesus the third time. And when he heard the rooster. He heard that sound. And he said, oh my God. The Bible says he whipped. He wept deeply. He went to the place of just brokenness. He was isolated with doubt and fear and isolation. Have you ever been there? You ever been to the place of God? How far have I gone? What has taken place? Where am I? And feeling so lost, so broken, so abandoned, so forsaken. You've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. And you might even say, no, it's just the first line. And I've got a good reason for doing that. I've got a good reason for, for not making Jesus first in my life. I've got a good reason for telling the lie that I've told. I've got a good reason for hiding the things that I hide. I've got a good reason for keeping my defenses and saving my own rear end. I've got good reasons for doing what I'm doing. I've got the first I'm justified in the first line. You don't even realize what you're doing. You've crossed one line, and soon it becomes easier to cross another line. And then you justify yourself to a place that you feel so separated and distant from God. You know the danger is that there are two people in this story that are separated. One is Judas, and the other is Peter. Judas became so filled with anger and frustration 
Peter was just broken. You know the Bible says that a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Peter would have known Jesus' teachings. Now we know it as Matthew 10. Peter would have just known it as the moment Jesus was speaking to his disciples after he identifies all of his disciples. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is teaching among other people and his disciples would have been there. And Jesus makes this statement. Jesus says, if you acknowledge me before men on earth, if you acknowledge me on earth, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me on earth, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. The moment Peter crossed the line, you better believe Peter felt like he went too far. Peter felt like, I've done it. There's no hope. I can't do anymore. I've crossed the line. I can't go any further. There's no hope in this situation. There's no hope or restoration. There's nothing more that can be done. I want you to know that you might feel in a circumstance, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, a, a friendships or things that you have or decisions you've made in addiction, whatever it might be, you might feel like you've crossed the line. I want you to know this this morning, that lines are not just meant to tell you where you're supposed to be. Lines are also meant to tell you how far God will come to reach you. Let me say that again. Lines aren't just to tell you where you're supposed to be. Lines will also tell you how far Jesus will go to take you. How far Jesus will go after you. That the lines that are in our lives, because every one of us crossed the line. There's not one in this room who never crossed the line. You've done it. Every single one of us have crossed the line. Every single one of us have gone to a place that we shouldn't have gone. We've experienced what we shouldn't have experienced. We've said what we shouldn't have said. We did what we shouldn't have done. Every single one of us in the room have crossed the line. The lines aren't just meant to tell us where we're supposed to be. It's meant to tell us how far Jesus will come to get us. Because not only did Peter cross the line, but Jesus crossed the line to run after Peter. When Peter went to the place of denying Jesus, Jesus said, if your heart is broken, if your heart is contrite, he says these words to the angel. Jesus, of course, says to the angel, hey, when you find the women, the women are going to show up, I want you to tell them to go tell the disciples and Peter, and Peter. Make sure Peter knows I'm coming after him. Make sure Peter knows I'm not for, forgotten him. Make sure Peter knows that I'll go to the lowest place. I'll go to his darkest moment. I want Peter to know that I'll show up in that place to meet him right where he is. I don't know what line you've crossed. I don't know where you are today. And you've blurred the line. You've gone too far. But he's here to reach you. There's nothing that'll stop him. A couple weeks or months ago this winter, I was driving to the office and getting a good start to my morning. Just dropped off Jordan at school. It's time to get my day started. And as I'm on my way to the office, it's cold outside and it's raining. And as I'm driving on one side of the street, on the other side of the street, I see a car that's pulled over and it's just sitting there in a place that obviously cars don't just park. And so it looked as if somebody might be in need. And so just in the moment I, I went and I turned around and I parked behind this car. And as I parked behind the car, I saw this woman who is sitting on a prayer bench in front of a church. This, this place where she was parked was right in front of a church. And I'm familiar with the church. I know the pastor. And when I saw her sitting in the cold, in the rain, on this prayer bench in this garden that they've created that you can see from the road, I thought, oh my goodness, this woman is so desperate. She's in such a low place in life. She needs something. I know the pastor. I know he's not in, but I'm going to go minister to her. I pull in the car. I pull, pull my car behind hers. I get out of the car, and as I shut the door, 
she hears the car door close and she stands up from where she's sitting holding a jacket over her head she walks towards me and I said ma'am I said just wanted to stop and see if there's anything you need I'm, I'm driving by and I know the pastor he's not in right now but is there something I could do is something I can help you with obviously she's hurting obviously there's something wrong obviously she's in need why would you sit in the cold in the rain at a prayer garden I said ma'am how can I help you she looked at me and she said oh no I'm fine she said I'm just sitting here to listen for the kittens cry I thought oh she's one of those I just said, oh. She said, I jog this route every day. And she said, and the time that I jog, I jog the same time, the same route. And she said, the last three mornings, I hit this spot before the sun comes up. And so it's always dark in this area. And the last three days, I've been hearing a kitten cry. She said, there's a kitten somewhere that's either in one of these drains or one of this area she said so I'm sitting here to hear the kittens cry and I thought ma'am I don't like kittens God bless you you're on your own I didn't say that I offered her an umbrella I said well I've got an umbrella in the car can I get you an umbrella she said no I'm fine I'm just gonna try and hear I said God bless you I went to the car with the umbrella I sat in the car and I had to wait for the defrost to kick in because now it's it's raining and it's cold and I'm waiting for it to clear and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking what kind of person sits in the rain in the cold to listen for a kitten and then I just had that moment of joy I began to smile and I said oh I know somebody who would sit in the cold and in the rain and go to the breaking places because it was dark when he heard my cry but at sunrise he came back and he said I came back to hear you I came back to get you I came back to rescue you who comes back for a kitten I don't know but I know the one who came back for the broken the hurting the lost the abandoned I know the one who said I heard your cry and I'm coming back for you I'm coming back to get you I thought to myself who would do such a thing the one who says that I know you're broken. I wouldn't even recognize him. In fact, the Bible says in John 21, this is John's, John's version or, or, or John's story of the resurrection, that Mary Magdalene, as she was leaving, she saw a man in the garden. She thought he was the gardener. She thought he was the gardener because who else would be sitting in a place of death in the, in the cemetery among tombs except maybe somebody who just came to garden or came to take care of the flowers. Who else would do that? Who else would be in the place of the dead? She says to the gardener who she thought was the gardener, she said, where have they taken his body? Where's the one that we're following? And the moment she heard Jesus say, Mary, the moment she heard him say her name, she said, teacher, it's you. She said, you're hanging out in the dark place. You're hanging out in the broken. He came for the broken, for the dying, for the lost. He came back to get you. He crossed the line to get to you. He was a line of priests that priests could not touch dead things. If you touch a dead thing, you become unclean. And then you got to get ostracized, put out, and you've got to go through all the purification and all the stuff. You don't touch dead things. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I'll cross the line of dead things. I'll become death 
so that you can have life. I'll cross the line. I'll go where I should not go to give you what you cannot have unless I go there. He crossed the line for you. Jesus crossed the line for you. Or you say today, Jason, you don't know the line I've crossed. You don't know how many times I said I'm never going to do that again, but I kept going back and doing it. Jason, you don't know how many times I've crossed the line. You don't know how many times I've told the same lie. You don't know how many times I've manipulated the same story to get my own results. You don't know how many times, you don't know how many times I've crossed the line. I want you to know today that you've crossed the line. I know you did. I know you crossed the line. You've crossed the line. No, you, you better believe it. You grew up in church all your life, but growing up in church didn't keep you from crossing the line. Good deeds by themselves don't do you anything. You can get good at religion. You can get it all figured out, do religious things, but religious things won't keep you from crossing the line. Religious things just show you how weak you are. Until you get so confronted with your own weakness that you're like, I don't even want to deal with it anymore, so I just want to to isolate myself. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to live in the place of having to be confronted. I don't want to come to a place of dealing with what has to be dealt with. No, I'd just rather stay away. Push it away. I came to the back row today to say he, he came back for you. If you're in the front row, in the back row, it doesn't matter. He, he came for you. He did what he did because he said, you're never too far gone. You're never to a place that he can't reach you. Never to a place that he can't find you. You're never to a place that he can't come to right where you are he died for you he came back for you I mean at some point it's got to mean something at some point it's got to transform and change it's got to become something of of impact I uh I know that I know that we can hear the message sometimes and I heard something that Max Licato said he said the danger is not the danger is not when you're right at home and you feel far away. The danger is when you feel right at home but you're nowhere close. It's not dangerous when you're right at home and you don't feel like it. You know, there's some of you here today, you don't feel like you're at home, but you are. You're closer than you realize. But then there are some in the room, you think you're close. But you're missing it. You think you're close. You think you're at a place and that's not condemnation it's just saying hey he came for you he came for you you've not gone too far you've not gone too the passion you had you said God I used to burn with passion for you I don't know that I can burn like I used to burn God says it's not about how you used to burn it's what I want to do today in this moment let go of your past because I already got past your past someone needs to hear today God already got past your past so you need to get over it he already got past your past. What did he tell the disciples? He said, hey, tell the disciples and Peter that I'm going ahead of them. You know what Jesus says? Hey, make sure Peter knows I'm going ahead. You know what that's telling Peter? Hey, Peter, I know you failed. I know you did something in the past, but I'm moving on, so I hope you will too. I'm not staying in the past. I'm going ahead. I'm moving on. I'm not staying in the past. I wonder today who needs to know that Jesus came back for you. He crossed the line to come back for you. He's come back for you. There's no wall that he won't climb. There's no lie he won't destroy. There's nothing that he won't do to cause his love to reach you. Who are you? I would even love to just come and take you by the hand and say, hey, have you heard his invitation? Have you responded to his invitation or, or you're just familiar? No, I'm familiar with him. I'm okay with the familiarity. I just want to, familiarity's enough. 
I want to know about him, but that's enough, close enough. I don't want it to get so deep and real. Because you know what happens when it gets deep and real? I'm a 40-year-old preacher, preaching since I was 13 years old, learning that the closer I get to Jesus, the more stuff I need to learn. You know what I learned? The closer I get to Jesus, the more junk I realize inside of me that he needs to deal with. But you know what we'd rather do? I'd rather just kumbaya it and everything's good. Everybody else has issues, I don't. You're the problem, not me. That's your fault, not mine. You've got issues, I don't. Oh, you've crossed the line too. You've crossed the line. Every single one of us have crossed the line. It takes a bold person to say, you know what? I crossed the line. I need the grace of God. I need to know that He's coming after me. If that's you today, as we sing this song, would you just let the love of Jesus minister to you today? He's coming for you. He's coming after you. He loves you with the love of God. He loves you enough that He died on the cross. He crossed the line. The line isn't just to show you how far you've fallen. The line is to show you how far He'll go to get you how far he'll go to get you. He's running after you. Come on, sing this out this morning. If you need that love, just allow that love to be received today. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. He's coming after you. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. He loves you. He's never stopped loving you. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain Doesn't matter how many times it's been. He, he knows. He's never stopped loving you. He knows every time There's you said, no I'm never going to do this again. Down, he knows. You won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you
eye closed. I know the word that the Lord has put on my heart today was to reach as much as possible. I'd love to make eye contact with every single one of you and say today, hey, He came for you. In the midst of your brokenness, He came for you. In the midst of whatever your struggle is, He came there. Your, your problem's not too great for Him. Your doubt, your fear, your disappointment, it's not too much for Him. You may have crossed the line, but He'll cross the line to run after you. That's why He died. It's why He rose again. If you're here today and you say, Jason, I need to put my faith in Jesus Christ. Today I need to recognize, I recognize today that I've crossed the line, but I know that He's come to where I am. And I'm holding on to His promise. I'm putting my faith in Him to no longer be where I am, but to start moving to what He's called me to be. If that's you today, that word is called repentance. It means to turn from our sin, to turn from our own way of life, to come after Jesus. If that's you today, let me just say to you, if you expect that that Jesus is just a religious being that we gather around, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Jesus isn't just a celebratory image or personality. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Lamb that was crucified from the foundations of the world. He was the one promised and spoken for history. He was the one who was spoken of, the one who came, the one who did what he was sent to do, and the one who gives hope for everyone who believes on him. And you say today, Jason, I need to put my faith in Jesus Christ on the count of three. I'm going to count to three today because it was three times that Peter denied. But it was also three times that Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then look after the lambs. Do you love me? I want to ask you today. If you say today, I need to make a decision for Jesus on the count of three. One. When we hit three, you say today, I, I, I know I've crossed the line. I know there's places I've gone. I know there's things I've allowed. I know there's some things that have taken place. But today's a new day. Two. Come on, in just a moment. If that's you. He's walking the aisles. He's here today. He says, it's your turn. Come on, three. If that's you today, you say, I need to make a decision for Jesus. Come on, is there anyone else? You just lift your hand right where you are, and you put it down. You say today, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Yeah, come on. Is there anyone else today? I'm turning my life to Jesus. Come on, yeah. Is there anyone else? Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah, once you raise your hand, you can put it down today. Listen, I want you to know this morning that he came after you. You thought you were just coming because it's Easter Sunday. No, he said, I've got an appointment. I've got a divine appointment to connect with you today. Would you pray this prayer with me? We pray this as a family all across this room today to make Jesus the Lord of our life. Would you pray this with me, dear Jesus? Come on, let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, I know that I've crossed the line. I know that I've sinned and fallen short. But I also know that you died and you rose again and I believe in you so today take away my sin take away my past and make me new thank you for coming after me thank you that I'm made new by the blood of Jesus never to be the same in Jesus name 
Come on, if you're thankful for salvation today, just thank Him right now. Come on, just tell Him thanks for loving you. Thanks for going after me. God, thanks for reaching me in my darkest place. God, thank you.